Hey, welcome to the Life Church Green Bay podcast. It's our mission to lead the way in bringing the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We are so glad that you're here. If this is your first time joining us, would you connect with us? We want to do life with you. And there are so many ways we can do that from wherever you are in the world. You can get connected with us and other Jesus people in one of our Facebook groups by joining us for an online service every Sunday or connecting with people through life groups and pocket churches. To learn how to get connected and find your pocket, please go to lifechurchgreenbay.com. Again, so glad you're here with us today. Here's this week's message. Hey friends, open your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. If you're not in a place where you have access to a traditional Bible, you can open up the YouVersion app, or it's also called the Bible app, and all the notes and scriptures have already been uploaded. Of course, we'll also put the scriptures right there on your screen. Wherever it is that you're watching us from, I love you, and I'm so grateful that you are a part of our family. I want to talk to you today about something that's actually really close to my heart personally. We live in such a naturally negative society, in such a dog-eat-dog, ladder-climbing, status-building, one-upping culture of posts and comments, friends and followers, pins and snaps and double taps, likes and loves and shares, retweets and reposts, that the whole human experience seems to have lost the human in the experience. We insulate our insecurities with bogus bios where our otherwise unknown personalities are inflated with hopes that otherwise unknown people will be infatuated with what we hope they do see rather than being disappointed with what we hope they don't see. In all our attempts to climb and claw, scratch and surge to form ourselves into our own image, we've forgotten. There's an image we're already designed to be formed into. Somehow it's been forgotten that in spite of all our different characteristics, we were all designed with the same core. At the center of who we are, we were all wired to be loving and kind, patient and compassionate with all our hearts, with all our souls, with all our minds and with our mouths. I wanna talk about that last little part today in a message we're calling, I'm Encouraging. Let's pray. God, we love you and thank you that you are the great encourager. God, today I pray as we process through your word that something would penetrate our hearts, that something would motivate us, move us, make us different, make us new, that would change us, that would make us less like us and more like you, that would make us encouragers. We love you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I love technology have all this stuff. Don't know how to use most of it, but I have and love all this stuff. My iPhone, iPad, MacBook, and Apple TV have all made my life not only compatible and convenient, but seamlessly connected. They ensure there's never any drop-off, even when I'm forced to switch devices. Thanks to the Hue app, Nest thermostat, and Ring digital doorbell, someone can turn their lights on, temperature down, and allow access to their front door to anyone from anywhere in the world with a simple touch of a button which is why I simultaneously love the convenience and hate the callousness that technology has created. Because for all the connection it enables, there's a disproportionate amount of disconnection that exists. It's managed to dehumanize human interaction. Thanks to texting and emailing, messaging and posting in a matter of minutes, I can tear down what someone else has spent their entire life building up. 
I can slander the character or soil the reputation of anyone from anywhere in the world with the simple touch of a button. I'm actually amazed at what people are willing and able to say to and about each other. There seems to be no fear or accountability anymore. And that absence of accountability and fear is facilitated largely by the false sense of security we're given by hiding behind a screen. I think this is all so close to my heart because I'm trying to raise teenagers in 2020. Now, I think being a teenager has always been hard. Uh, You don't make the team so you don't feel good enough. You don't get into AP classes so you don't feel smart enough. You don't get invited to the party so you don't feel cool enough. You asked somebody to the dance, they said no so you don't feel attractive enough. So because you're not good enough, you're not in the jock crowd. Because you're not smart enough, you're not in the academic crowd. Because you're not cool enough or attractive enough, you're not in the in crowd. And teenagers spend a lot of their time not just being alone, but feeling alone. Like they're on the outside looking in. And that was before social media. I mean, doesn't it seem like social media came out of nowhere? And yet social media seems to determine social status. I mean, I'd hate to be a teenager growing up with social media. First of all, because it seems like everyone's grading everything you post. Your picture didn't get as many likes as your friend's picture. It seems like everybody has more followers or subscribers than you. I mean, back when I was a kid, you may have had to live with the feeling that you weren't as popular as everybody else. But today, there's actually hard data proving the level or lack of your popularity. And it's all really, really discouraging. But the second reason I'd hate to be a kid growing up with social media is because of the stuff that other kids feel they can freely post about you. Some of the stuff is mean, downright hateful, straight from the pit of hell. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but right now there's kids posting to each other that they should just kill themselves. Like you're ugly, you're fat, you're such a loser. You should just go and kill yourselves. If you've got teenagers, you need to watch what's being said by them and to them on social media because the amount of abuse our kids are forced to absorb, the number of discouraging words they're forced to digest on any given day is completely unfair. I've watched it in my own kids' lives. I can say without any tinge of bias that my kids are the best friends to whoever they're friends with. They're loving and kind, patient and compassionate in the way they act, with the words they use. But the way that some of the kids in their lives treat them and talk to them makes me want to go to those kids' houses and lay hands on their dads, you know, in the non-Christian way. There's no fear or accountability whatsoever, and it breaks my heart. And unfortunately, for far too many people, maybe you, it doesn't stop. It remains a problem even after the passing of our teen years. Everybody got into the college that they wanted except you. You got passed over for a promotion again. Your high school friend makes double the money you make. You know that because he points it out every opportunity he gets. Your best girlfriend, she took her baby weight off in six weeks and you're still trying to cover yours with Spanx after six years. Your brother, he built a big, beautiful dream home. Your neighbor, somehow he just bought a fancy foreign sports car. Your in-laws, they're consistently telling you how they don't agree with how you're raising your kids kids, their grandkids. It feels like the people in your circle are constantly condescending. And the devil, he's determined to drown you in discouragement. You know, by definition, to discourage someone means to rob them of their courage. Do you ever 
feel like you've been robbed of your courage. So much so that whenever I talk about there being more for your life or whenever I push for you to dream, it makes you wanna curl up in a ball and hide. When the devil tries to drive you into the dirt with discouragement, you need to understand that God, he is the eternal endless source of encouragement. Whereas the word discourage means to rob someone of their courage. The word encourage means to add courage. So God is the great encourager. He's the great adder of courage. I love what St. Paul said. When we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We faced conflict from every direction with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. But God, who encourages those who are discouraged, he encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. I love that line. It's becoming one of my favorite in all of scripture. But God, who encourages those who are discouraged. If you wanna be like God, you have to be an encourager, someone who adds courage to others. But the question is, how? Well, let me give you five steps to becoming an encourager. Here's the first, inspect. Inspect yourself every day. The American Cancer Society, they had a campaign a few years ago that said early detection saves lives. And if it works for cancer, couldn't it work for your spirit? Inspect yourself as often as you can. Scripture says, put yourselves to the test to see if you're in the faith. Examine yourselves as often as you can. Put yourself to the test. Examine yourself. Inspect yourself. Inspect your heart, your soul, your mind, your mouth. Like what are you carrying in your heart? that might be discouraging you? What are you keeping in a little cell inside your soul that's robbing you of your courage? What have you allowed to capture your mind that's holding your courage hostage? What is it that's coming out of your mouth? You know, we tend to sound like whoever we spend the most time with. Are you spending more time with the enemy, the great discourager? Or are you spending more time with Jesus, the great Encourager. When you hang with Jesus, scripture says you'll have life-giving water flowing from deep inside you. So the first step to being an encourager is to inspect every day. Here's the second step to being an encourager, reflect. Once you've contemplated and completed the inspection, it's time for some reflection, not just on what you've discovered, but also on what you desire. How do you wanna feel? Who do you wanna be? What do you want to think? What do you want to say? Well, friends, the best way to get what you desire is to actually focus on what you already have. What's already going on in your life that's worthy of attention? Your spouse, your kids, your parents, the job you have, the health you have, the house, the car you have. Speak life over yourself. Encourage yourself. In 1 Samuel, David, the king, He's having a really tough time. He had battles on the outside and fear on the inside. His own people were rallying against him. They were planning on killing him. But scripture says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. His whole community wanted to kill him, but he knew if God is for us, no one can be against us. And sometimes you have to encourage yourself by saying, even though I'm experiencing challenges, I'm loved, I'm valuable, I'm important, I'm healthy, I'm so fortunate. I have so much to be grateful for because like my pastor used to say, things you appreciate tend to get better. but Things you depreciate, they tend to get worse. I love this reminder in the book of Philippians. Finally, brothers, whatsoever things are true, 
whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Want to be an encourager? Reflect. Here's the third step to being an encourager. Reject. Reject any idea that suggests you're not good enough or smart enough, cool enough or attractive enough and reject any idea that suggests others aren't either. Anytime a discouraging thought comes into your mind about you or anyone else, reject it. Scripture says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, thought like a child and reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up my childish ways. At some point, we have to develop the maturity to recognize the thoughts that are worth repeating and the ones that are worth rejecting. You don't have to allow every thought that comes into your mind to come out of your mouth. We have to be able to recognize which thoughts are from him and which thoughts are from hell. Like when you look at someone and think something ugly, you have to recognize that thought isn't from him. That thought is from hell. When you get around someone and you start thinking discouraging thoughts, ask yourself, him or hell? Because God never wants us to stay discouraging things to or about someone else or about ourselves because God never wants to rob us of our courage. He says, my thoughts, they're nothing like your thoughts. My ways, they're far beyond anything you can imagine. And the only way to close the gap between his ways and your ways is to take the fourth step to becoming an encourager. And that's connect, connect with Jesus like on a deeper level than you ever have connected with him before, which requires commitment. It requires consistency. It requires making this Jesus thing more than a Sunday thing. Connect with him through prayer and scripture. In other words, connect with him by talking to him and by listening to him. Prayer is how we talk to him and scripture is how he talks to us. So if you're not hearing God speak, it's probably because you don't recognize his voice. Scripture is his voice. Connect with him. Make it hard for people to see where he ends and you begin. Become intertwined. He is the vine and you are the branches. If you stay joined to, connected to him, he will stay joined to, connected to you. Then you're gonna produce lots of fruit, but you can't do anything without him. Without him, when you try to do it in your own strength, Life is really tough sledding because the devil, he's trying to drown you in discouragement. But with him, in his strength, you can do this. You can produce lots of fruit in his strength. You can take the last step to becoming an encourager. You can project. You can speak life. You can be life-giving. You can be positive. You can look at the bright side. So open your mouth and project it. Say it loud. Put some bass in your voice. Say it with your chest. The proverb says it's a joy to find the right word for the right occasion. Scripture also tells us to encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing. Or I love how the message version says it. Build up hope so you'll all be together in this. No one left out. No one left behind. I know you're already doing this. Just keep on doing it. Guys, can you imagine a culture where we're all in this together, where we're all encouraging, a culture where no one 
is left behind from speaking words of encouragement or receiving words of encouragement. Can you imagine a culture where there's no one left out? I know I can. And so because of that, I speak life over you. I tell you unequivocally, you're so great. You're so wonderful. Hey, you're the best. You make me smile. My life, it's so much better with you in it. You make my heart so much bigger. I love you. I believe in you. I'm grateful for you. I'm praying for you. I'm with you. I'm here for you. I'm cheering you on because you're good enough. You're smart enough. You're cool enough. You're attractive enough because he created you in his own image. So in this dog-eat-dog, ladder-climbing, status-building, one-upping culture that wants to rob me of my courage and wants to use me to rob you of yours, mm, I ain't having it. I've determined as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord because I'm encouraging. Would you close your eyes? You know, one of the things I love about salvation is that it is Jesus encouraging my spirit, encouraging my soul. Before I was a Jesus guy, I had no hope. I had no future. I had no eternity other than one outside of him. And years ago, 20 years ago, when a guy from Salem, Oregon told me about Jesus, it gave me an opportunity to have my soul be encouraged to receive the gift of everlasting eternal life in peace and love and joy with Jesus. And so I want to give you the opportunity to step into that same encouraging relationship with Jesus. It's simple. All you have to do is when I say a few lines in a prayer and then pause, you just repeat those words after me. And the Bible says that if you mean it in your heart, you will be saved. Your spirit will be encouraged because no longer will it be aimless, but instead it will have hope. And so if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if your spirit is discouraged and you want that everlasting, eternal, encouraging relationship that gives you everlasting life, would you say this after me? Jesus, I'm a sinner, but I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Will you change me? Will you come into my life, make me different, make me new, be my Lord and be my Savior? In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, let me encourage you that your forever has just been changed. You get to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. But now while you're on earth, you get to go on this beautiful thing that we call the Jesus journey, a trip from where you are toward where God wants you to be, which is more like Jesus. And so we just want the opportunity to walk that journey with you. So if you prayed that prayer, would you encourage us? And would you send us a message and let us know so that we can walk this road with you? But we're not done. Maybe you're watching this and you're a Jesus guy or you're a Jesus girl. And, and you can say, Sean, I've been living my life, particularly in this pandemic. And I haven't been an encourager, but I want to be. I want to make a commitment to stop discouraging people or robbing them of their courage and start encouraging people or adding courage to their life. If that's you, I'm going to pray for you right now. So God, for my friends who are watching this, who maybe have been discouragers, but they want to become encouragers, give us the strength to be able to do that. Help us encourage people. 
Thank you for encouraging us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us this week. Did you know we have discussion questions for each message? You can download them and talk it over with your friends and family. Go to lifechurchgreenbay.com to download today.